0: Hello and welcome to our first annual 12 Fears of Christmas and it's going to be a new tradition until we decide not to do it anymore. Or drop dead on Christmas like a lot of people. Or drop dead on Christmas or murder each other for Christmas (laughs) or join a cult that doesn't allow Christmas. (laughs) Or or time travel back to 1640 when they canceled Christmas. (laughs) You never know. Exactly. Many things could happen. I wanted to talk today about someone from christmas that's near and dear to my heart at santa claus because for many years i never knew that i got gifts from anybody but santa claus because that's how my parents would sign all the gifts from santa i don't think i ever really believed in santa it just never even occurred to me that he was real anyway so i haven't put a lot of thought into santa because i never really thought of him as being real but then articles keep coming out about Santa being a very bad role model for children. So a couple of articles, baby.com, barmax.com, articles are talking about all the crimes that Santa actually commits every year. Are you aware of some of these crimes? Like breaking an air? Let me guess, like unlawful, like use of airspace or something, or uh, stealing cookies, uh... (laughs) trespassing, breaking and entering, interstate commerce laws, smuggling, invasion of privacy, tax evasion. If if we kind of sum up Santa in modern terms, he's an alcoholic peeping Tom home invader with an eating disorder, a drunk driver, clearly a liar, right? And perhaps his biggest crime of all in the modern age, he is morbidly obese. If you were sitting here going, well, come on, people are joking, the amount of articles about his obesity is astonishing. In 2010, John Tantillo wrote an op-ed lamenting that Santa has become just too damn fat and that his growing waistline is not providing a healthy example for children. As one of children's most prominent role models, Santa has to think about the message he is sending by constantly giving into the whims of his stomach and Mrs. Claus's perilous overfeeding. Can I, can I just <laughs> stop you there for a second? Sure. Is there any moment of anyone's life where they would actually have said, Santa is a role model? He says the most prominent role model. To me, I'm like, no, he's not a role model. He's just a fucker who shows up and gives you gifts. That's not a role model. He's just like your pathway to presents. Here's another one. ABC News, Santa Claus is a bad role model for kids. They bring science into this. Oh, Lord. Epidemiologically speaking, there's a correlation between countries that venerate Santa Claus and those that have high levels of childhood obesity. Grohl says, citing a study in the Journal of Pediatric Healthcare, correlation does not prove causality. Exactly, (laughs) that's the next thing I was gonna say. (laughs) (laughs) But there is a temporal pathway whereby Santa promotes a message that obesity is synonymous with cheerfulness and joviality. Well, first off. All right. First off, I got to say I got to call out some of our peeps on the progressive side. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. They just take everything so freaking seriously, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can't have Santa Claus anymore. I mean, baby, it's cold outside. Everything's got some perverse message that's leading to the the downfall of society. The one day of the year Santa Claus came up. He was not a role model to me. And I don't know any kid that's like, I gotta get the Santa action figure or whatever. <laughs> Mommy, Santa doesn't fit in his pants very well. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I mean, Santa I'm... action figures. Ridiculous, so... right? Yes, I'm I was wondering too with all this like Santa obesity stuff and and trying to down Santa We should probably talk about how Santa is probably a coronavirus super spreader, right? Oh my gosh, yes he is. (laughs) He's a pretty germy guy. Yeah, he's going in everybody's house, and he's taking the corona from one house to another. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's Uh, true. Maybe Santa should be canceled. Okay, so by the way, we're going to do another episode on Santa and his relationship to Rudolph in the movie Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So if you go by the Santa in that song and the Santa in that movie, Santa is a fucking asshole. I mean, you could add prejudice, you could add a bit bullying you, to the list of crimes and misdemeanors of Santa. Yeah, so the Santa we're talking about is kind of the, the US Santa because Santa's not the same everywhere. Santa Claus is based on a real person. Okay, let's let's talk about that. Uh, So Santa Claus can be traced back hundreds of years to a monk named St. Nicholas. Uh, It's believed he was born sometime around 208 AD in modern-day Turkey. This is from HistoryChannel.com. He's become the subject of many legends. They say that he inherited a, a big estate and a bunch of wealth, and he traveled the countryside helping poor and the sick. One of his best-known St. Nicholas stories is a time he saved three poor sisters from being sold into slavery or prostitution by their father by providing them with a dowry so they could be married. And over the course of the years, he became the patron saint of children. And we had mentioned in a previous episode how during the Protestant Reformation, they kind of canceled Christmas. Well, saint nicholas kind of was one of the things that survived from that everyone still really venerated him and thought he was like a great guy so that was like early saint nicholas was just basically a priest and then sounds like he was doing great stuff so how do we turn it into what we have today exactly so he was (laughs) right right i mean was he obese was he jolly was he like well he made his first appearance in the united states everything always comes to that, right? I was like it comes to the United States always. It's like Chinese food or whatever. It's it's supposed to be like good and authentic and then we come and we do our mashup of it and then we fuck it up. It's like a pen Like thanks for that. We're going to make it as cheap and horrible as possible. <laughs> exactly. The sound of wine pouring into my glass. So, essentially what happened is Santa Claus really really took off in Holland. Mm-hmm. And in Holland they called him Sinterklaas and he had a very frightening buddy that hung out with him called uh zwart pete which in still in holland today people dress in blackface to represent zwart pete which is what totally mortifying yeah you should look online just just look up zwart pete and 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 it's white people dressing up in blackface to represent this guy what yeah yeah but anyway it was really the 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 Dutch that started the image we have of Santa, Claus So around 1774, a New York newspaper reported that a group of Dutch families had gathered to honor the anniversary of St. Nicholas's death. So if you imagine now in the United States, we weren't doing the whole Santa thing back then. Even 1776, we still weren't doing the Santa thing, right? Claus was described as everything from a rascal with a blue three-cornered hat, waistcoat, and yellow stockings to a man wearing a broad-brimmed hat and a flat pair of Flemish trunk hose. I don't know what Flemish trunk hose are, but they don't sound flatter. That's gonna be my new rock band. <laughs> Flemish trunk hose. Let's start that band tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Grunge, garage band, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. But uh, this sort of all culminates in what I think is the most interesting thing about the American sound. Oh, it's those puffy shorts, those giant puffy shorts. Look. Oh, okay, yeah. So we can do- You know what I'm saying? Let's start our own tradition. That'll be our bit. Look <laughs> for our new album to be released. Um, Flemish Truncos. Yeah, Flemish Truncos raising money to get rid of blackface in the tradition of the, oh my God, this is horrifying. Yeah. Okay. I think we Flemish trunk hose.
1: Go. I think sorry.
0: <laughs> trunk hose spelled H O S though. <laughs> we are bringing two hose to Christmas. <gasps> Flemish trunk hose coming your way. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna be the lead singer just because my voice is so much worse than yours. And if we're a grunge band, I think it needs to be like really bad. So that's gonna be our bit. Okay. Right. I, like there- I like it. There's two websites. One is uh, Marketingland.com and the Coca-Cola Company website that really explains how we got to the Santa Claus we have today. The big jolly man in the red suit with the white beard didn't always look that way. In fact, prior to 1931, Santa was depicted as everything from a tall, gaunt man to a spooky-looking elf. When Civil War cartoonist Thomas Nash drew Santa Claus for Harper's Weekly in 1862, this is not your cat's magazine. This is a magazine that was (laughs) around in the 1800s. Santa Santa was an elf-like figure who supported the Union. Nast continued drawing Santa for 30 years, changing the color of his coat from tan to the red we know today. Then cut to the 1920s and 30s when Coca-Cola began a Santa campaign. That's where Santa comes from. Our entire depiction of Santa is constructed by Coca-Cola. So before that, it sounded like Santa looked like Slenderman, <laughs> right? <laughs> or like a pirate, <laughs> a crazy pirate. Yeah, there was like a flat thing with the yeah. puppy shorts. I don't know. Or like yeah. an elf. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Don Draper came in and created Santa. And <laughs> so... This has been going on since the 20s and 30s, this conception of Santa. And every year they add to the story and they add to the mythos and the lore. And so pretty much all of the traditions that we have nowadays are given to us by Coca-Cola. What Coca-Cola did is called narrative immersion. It's driven by measurable increase in the production of a neurotransmitter for building empathetic bonds and encouraging... Yes, oxytocin. The Santa story every year being repeated over and over again is kind of like a pop song you can't get out of your head. It's called Mere Exposure Effect. And after a few dozen listens, it convinces us that we like it. The relationship makes us feel better about Coke, so that we associate Coke with Santa and our feelings about Santa and Christmas. It's all summed up in the slogan of the campaign, which is, taste the feeling. Yeah, I remember that slogan. Yeah, most of our holiday traditions in the United States are just solely based on capitalism and consumerism and advertising. That's our American legacy. (laughs) But anyway, it doesn't diminish the nostalgia or anything. You feel what you feel, but... When did it become that parents told their children there's this man coming in their chimney every Christmas? This is a great question that you asked because it will lead to our episode for tomorrow about Santa Claus's... Demon counterpart. The majority of Christmas stories in other countries are very dark stories about children being murdered and eaten. We've made the almost ubiquitous murdering and eating children story into something nostalgic and sweet. That's nice. So that's why Santa still has some of the creepy sneaking into the house elements, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead of sneaking into the house and like disemboweling children, he's Leaving them presents and eating, eating, eating. your better. I mean, it's a step up. Like cultures evolve, right? Or do they? Stay tuned for next week's tomorrow. <laughs> Jeez. It's like every day is a new week for me. Struggling. I, I'm going to make a drink before the next. Okay. On the sixth year of Christmas, my podcast gave to me. Santa's criminal history. Five ways Christmas can kill you. Four love that wait, four love actually, three baby it's cold outside, two creepy carols, and a murder story. Wow. Why don't you have a career in singing? Cabaret. <laughs> by the way uh listeners she was uh, twirling pasties while she uh <laughs> while she sang that <laughs> is, is there any other way